This pleases me. Oh, yeah. This pleases me. This. Smart Home Technology. Technology. Alexa, please turn the heating up. I'm very cold. After that, please play. Digger Digger. Here is Asia for porn detecting. Oh no, 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 no. I do not want this. Alexa, stop. Smart homes. Stupid people. Smart homes. Smart homes, stupid people. Smart homes, stupid people. Smart homes. Stupid people. Smart homes. Das war einer der Marke Feucht. That gets you every time. <laughs> <laughs> so, hello and welcome to another episode of Smart Home Stupid People. My name is Eris Felmuth. I'm Marin Siege. <laughs> yeah, here, well, let's move your mic over a little oh, bit. It's okay. kind of like in front of your schnute. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I told you that. <laughs> there we go. So I'm today... Like uh, it. What's that? I'm like eating it. Well, today. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. We, can, we can try one of these. Oh, okay. All right, so today we're talking about decentralization. Now, um, decentralization is typically used today, I think, more in a political world. And uh, I'm, I'm not really into politics. I quite despise politics, to tell you the truth. Um, but it's, it's, still a, it's still a very fascinating topic because we're going to talk about it from the point of view of building automation, right? And we're also going to talk about it from the point of view reality <laughs> from the point of view of nature and from the point of view of of how things are built with the laws of nature right yep um so decentralization is often seen as you know in today's um yeah media or 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 uh, jargon as this desire to say we don't want centralized power anymore instead we would like it to be distributed um, in more of a modular sense and I say the word modular for good reason because in the uh, thank you in the world of building automation modular systems um, are far more stable and they're far more stable because it means that they don't have a single source of failure that can occur that will take down the whole system and and I mean yeah, like, you know, you could look at power or electricity as a type of single source of failure. But, you know, outside of that, and even still, we tend to do a lot of backup uh, generator systems, whether it be battery or uh, um, diesel or gasoline or anything like that. The point is, is that um, when you build a system that all that everything has to get funneled and centralized through one source, if anything happens to that centralization, the entire system falls apart and it breaks down and it, uh, you know, it, it, it ceases to be less efficient. It becomes very problematic because it means you have to convert the information from all the pieces to the, to the first system and so on and so forth. Um, and so before, before I go into that, what do you have to say about Maddie? How, how do you, how do you see <laughs> the world of decentralization uh, fitting into nature? How, how much centralization yeah. do you see actually nature building? I think it's, uh, yeah, decentralization is a big topic in nature and you can see it within your own body that of the major organs, uh, well, um, at the major senses, you know, you have two eyes, two ears. Two nuts. 
<laughs> yes. <laughs> I wouldn't call that a major sense, but yeah, sure. Well, it depends on who you talk to. Oh, uh, okay. But yeah, the, the, the major organs, like also two kidneys, right? And you have a huge liver that even if you lose a piece of it, uh, it's still working. And yeah. I think it is a big sign of decentralization that mm -hmm. there are many, many safety nets within an, uh, an organism, even within a single cell organisms, you know, that how complex they already are. And it's not like there is one, yeah. you have one cell, but even within a very uh, easy organized cell, like uh, that you already have. I think you need some water. <laughs> she, 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 she got a lot of sun today. I can see it in her face and in her eyes. They're starting to roll back a bit. We just came in. We were outside all day on the water. and uh, You never believe me that I'm not good with sun. I, I don't know. I, she's not Irish, but holy shit, does she come off. <laughs> That's an Irish lady. You know? Yeah. So she, she, had like a, she had like a tarp and a, and a hoodie on. She was wearing my hoodie all day long on her head, and she still looks like a tomato. This is unbelievable. Well, it's not that bad. Oh, no. I can feel a little dizzy from the sun. <laughs> I can see that. Yeah. Um, yeah, but back to the decentralization. Good, good, yeah, good, good. I'll you, stop interrupting. You, yeah, As I, I just want to say you can see that in nature, absolutely. And even in a very um, easy organized cell, um, very simply organized cell, that there are already different reactions and safety nets that not everything is built upon just one, um, that one thing fails, the whole thing fails. That's right. Absolutely That's not. Right. No. Um, and so when we go back to um, the concept of building automation, in North America, you unfortunately tend to have more systems that are centralized. And that's something I really liked about the European standards over here, is that they are far more decentralized in nature by, uh, by the, in, the way, in the way that they are, are um, bus systems that don't have a central processor. And what I mean by that, or a computer that has to compile everything for everything to work. What I mean by that is quite simply, if I put a keypad in my wall and that keypad breaks, mm -hmm. it shouldn't it shouldn't uh, shut down the whole system. It shouldn't make it so that if this keypad you know breaks or even catches fire, you know, I mean, if the if the wires of the bus system short out, then yeah, in that area where um, those wires are wired, they the the communication will cease. Now, so there are smart ways or more. Um, stable ways to build larger systems, for example, by using things that are called line couplers so that you can um, decouple certain wings of the house or hmm. floors of the house so that when something happens upstairs, um, it doesn't get um, it doesn't get transmitted to the downstairs area or to, you know, if, if you have a neighboring house or a garage or anything like that, it all, it all kind of stays apart, meaning that the only information that gets transmitted is the information needed, such as you know, perhaps your your blinds uh, or or your shutters or whatever your awnings need to um, receive information from the the weather station outside, yep. right? Is it too windy? Is it icy? Uh, th this kind of stuff should it roll in because of the wind warning? And um, when it does, you know, that's just a little boolean. That's like. Yes, it's uh, too windy. Everybody mm -hmm. roll your, your, your socks up, right? <laughs> and um, so by doing so, we can then say, okay, well, the entire outside world, the, the line coupler the, the, for the um, weather station and a couple other things that may be built onto that, um, they will be on one specific line. Mm -hmm. and, that, and the only information that's going to go from there is windy, temperature, you know, mm -hmm. these kind of things, and, uh, or sun direction, so on and so forth. And with 
That being said, it means that, like I mentioned, if you go up on the roof and cut the thing off and start shorting the wires, you're not going to be able to have a, a, a traumatic effect on the rest of the system. Hmm. And I've seen systems built like that where okay. they, they put bus cables outside for a motion sensor and then the robber, all he has to do is rip the motion sensor out of the wall and the entire house goes dark. <laughs> <laughs> right? There are, there are great ways to be able to trick a system. I, something that I've always wanted to do was mm. um, there's a... a, a the guy I work with, um, we were talking about making a funny video to publish about, uh, you know, you see all these these movies like uh, like Stargate, uh, well, mm. the, the entire series, SG-1 and so on and so forth, mm -hmm. or, uh, you know, Stargate Atlantis and then uh, um, Battlestar Galactica. Any, any of these movies where you see somebody who can't get through a, a door and he starts shooting the keypad. <laughs> and then in the act of shooting the keypad, the door miraculously opens. Yep. I always wondered about that. Yeah, that that that's bullshit. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that doesn't happen. I mean, I sorry everybody out there, but uh, it's just not how it works, right? Oh. The, the 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 keypads are typically on a bus system wired somewhere else, and um, the door gets triggered by a relay. And but not in Stargate because the there it works with crystals. Maybe you know it's. Yeah, like <laughs> I guess in the future, once we've all ascended and uh, yep. we've left our crystal technology behind, then uh, maybe there will be vulnerabilities. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, that's quite possible. You can open up the door by just shooting at it. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Or, or with the wraiths, they have the, the organic uh, system <laughs> that you just have to like, I don't know, cause havoc to. Okay. So, uh, but the, but the, the reality is, is like I mentioned, um, building a system, much like building something in nature, you want to not only have redundancies, but you also want to make it so that when one system fails, mm -hmm. the entire thing doesn't fail. And, mm -hmm. and you see that, as you mentioned, in the human body. Um, you see that in the way that genetics actually even works. You see that the the genetics has all of these fail-safe protocols yeah. before it's allowed to re uh, repeat itself. And um, throughout your entire body, mm. you know, we're, t we're very fractal in nature. You can take any little piece of, of, of a human and from that reconstruct the entire whole, at least from a genetic perspective. Yeah. Right. Um, yeah. Also, when new life forms, right? If if there's any mistake in the in the whole process where you have like a sperm cell fusing with the um, egg, with mm -hmm. the was that the the female <laughs> cell? Egg is fine. <laughs> the egg. <laughs> um, yeah. Then if, if something is wrong, the whole life process wouldn't um, wouldn't go further. So it just like stops de uh, developing. Mm -hmm. There are also like feedback systems in 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 that to prevent further. Yeah. Development. If there's any mistake that would lead to yeah, yeah serious problems, right? Well, what about colonies? You you also have yeah. Um, you know, we were talking about the rabbit colonies last episode, mm -hmm. and we they've since then disappeared. And the question is, is uh, did they succumb to disease? Were they easily hunted? Um, yeah. Did they lose the ability, much as we like to talk about in this show? Did they lose the ability to um, take care of themselves because of the comforts provided to them um, from by living in the inner city? Yeah, you know? it's still, it's still. I still have have um, no answer. Like, I'm sorry, I, I can really feel the sun. Like I'm a little. <laughs> <laughs> She's like drunk, and she hasn't had any any alcohol. Only no. I have. I try to focus now. <laughs> All right. So yeah, it's it's like. Um, um, with <laughs> dear lord you want me to take over for a while and just let you giggle for a bit i think this no, was gonna happen i'm, I'm good <laughs> i should try to get <laughs> all right she's in giggle mode i'm gonna i'm gonna take no, over no no, for... I... no 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 here how about i just I... zoom in on you and <laughs> we just no, let I'm this really, giggle attack i'm really red um no no i'm trying to focus what i wanted to say about the rabbits so we all still right. don't know what really happened to them there can be a couple of reasons but uh yeah as you said if 
if they're kind of all adapting to the same environment and they're not much different in their behavior, mm -hmm. if something happens to them, they're all all jump over the cliff you know it's yeah, like they yeah, all yeah. die and that's actually the problem that's actually the reason why uh, sex um really evolved to make everything more diverse mm -hmm. when it started with bacteria it's easy to just you know a copy make duplicate. a copy of yourself yeah. duplicate and so your your daughters <laughs> are all the same than yeah. you are and this is good in the same environment when nothing changes you can be sure that um you're well adapted and all your offsprings will survive under these conditions mm -hmm. and it's easy uh, it doesn't need to have another partner right you can yeah. just like you go for it as well. <laughs> yeah it's a very um resource um yeah easy, easy. yeah, yeah. um it, it, it's funny i mean there's also um i I've, I've learned that you have uh creatures like reptiles and birds who are born of eggs mm -hmm. right i mean externally eggs um, mm -hmm. And then you have mammals where um, the human chastates inside of mm -hmm. the mother mm -hmm. until yep. birth. And I've heard that this is one of the biggest reasons for why we are so diverse is mm -hmm. because within the, the the chastation period, within the within the being in the womb and the pregnancy, the baby is given uh, all these different bacteriums and yep. viral pieces yep. and um, environmental information, and yep. like it's given a lot more. Yeah. Um, so that by the time it's born, like you mentioned, it has a much greater ability to adapt itself to the environment, yeah. and, and, uh, specifically a, a, a dynamically changing environment. It's already kind of used to the environment, mm -hmm. already knows all the sounds and uh, yeah. you know experiences. Maybe even the the fear that the mother has knows how much how much predation might be around and all yeah. that. So, so even even the hormonal influence yeah, and all that. Yeah, all that influences um, the unborn life. Wow. Yeah. Um, all right, I'm gonna I'm gonna kick on over here for mm -hmm. a second, and for everybody out there, before I go to the next topic, we are live on Rockfin Rumble Twitch D Live Telegram and Podbean. Podbean mm -hmm. in audio form. Podbean is gonna aggregate the audio to all the major audio platforms. So anybody out there who wants to listen to this later on in podcast form, you're on your way to work, you're in the car, you got your <laughs> headphones on in the subway. Yeah, you can you can check it out and listen to us. We ramble twice a week for about an hour each time, and. Um, <laughs> That being said, Telegram, we have Smart Home Stupid People in any one of these platforms. You could just type in Smart Home Stupid People and you will find us. There aren't any other Smart Home Stupid People out there that I've seen so far. <laughs> yeah. Only us, so Only stupid us. people. Exactly. Um, as far as Telegram, we have Smart Home Stupid People. And to chat to us, well, we are online. I have the chat right in front of me. And uh, it's called Smart Home Stupid Chat. <laughs> Smart Home Stupid Chat can be found via the Smart Home Stupid People channel. That's a mouthful. All right. Yep. There we go. So that uh, is that for that. And I'm going to kick on over now to... Oh, shit. I just realized. Look at that. <laughs> I know. Oh, I know. Shit. I didn't even start the uh, Podbean okay. live. We need to stop doing things before. <laughs> All right. Sorry about that, Podbean. We are now live for you guys. Ah, okay. um, I just forgot to push the button. There are too so many gonna, buttons we have here. I know. I know. Like, All right. But that's the way should, it is. Maybe we should decentralize that, that not I you know. are responsible for this. Well, see, hold on. This is actually a really good point. There, as I mentioned before, with the weather station, the weather station has the ability to um, transmit crucial information to everybody who is interested in it. Mm -hmm. Now, yes, that information might come from a central source. Mm -hmm. But, you know, um, when you live in a region, 
and or you're in a building and there's only one sun above your head yeah there's only one source of solar activity mm -hmm. um for that building that means that all the systems are interested in the same piece of technology mm -hmm. or piece of information or the technology transmitting that piece of information so this to me this doesn't mean that i'm building the entire system to rely on it it means that that source of information will come from a central source mm -hmm. so there are useful methodologies for centralization and that is typically for information delivery Mm -hmm. Right. And you see that again all over the biological world as well. Mm -hmm. You see that with our senses, that our senses will deliver information all throughout the body. Right. Mm -hmm. It doesn't matter where, where you get poked on your body, you feel mm -hmm. it. Mm -hmm. <laughs> it's not like, and, and we feel it through the similar places inside of our brain. We, uh, we, uh, we transmit this information mm -hmm. um, to our senses in, in, in a very um, central way, I would like to say. Um, that being said, for building automation, it's not any different. It doesn't make sense for me to um, have all the keypads in the house go through a computer that calculates the light scenes because when that computer goes down, the system goes down, hmm. right? It doesn't make sense for me to build a beautiful decentralized modular system that, you know, you can rip anything out of the wall and and break anything you want and the rest of the system still works. It's yep. still, it still goes forward. Um but then I've seen this, unfortunately, I've seen this in Europe all too many times where someone comes around and says, ah, yeah, in order to get all these luxuries of like uh, being able to control everything from your iPhone and uh, being able to um, easily have programmable light scenes from every device and all that stuff, they take all of the, the, the light feedback and they run it through one computer system. Hmm. And that one computer system sits on the network plugged into USB, um, talking to the bus via a, a bridge like a gateway. And what that means is it is it means that when the network goes down, you have no more lights or you have no more ability to call up your light scenes. And I've seen people program the <clears throat> keypads on the wall where the main light on switch or the, the, the main button to turn the lights on in that room, they're, they're, a, they're a light scene. And that light scene is going through a computer. And if that computer is off, you can't turn the lights on in that room. And there are actually strict protocols specifically in commercial buildings now because this happened too many times that someone got creative and clever <laughs> and decided to run everything through a crap centralized system in a network. Mm. And then comes the network technician and says, oh, yeah, I'm going to beef up the network and change the range. And all of a sudden, nothing's talking to one another and the mm. keypads uh, cannot turn the lights on anymore. Mm. And then the people are stuck in a room with no lights <laughs> because the network sucks. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So that's that's uh, that's one example of how that works. So I'm going to go over here and I'm going to talk for a second a bit about uh, this is um, Crestron. I started with Crestron over 15 years ago, and Crestron is a semi-modular system. I'd like to say here. I'm going to bring myself in. There we are. Look at that. Um, and um, what that means is, is you can see on the right hand side here. I'm gonna zoom in. You have these uh, these main systems in the middle, and one of them, the way we tend to do this in the Crestron world, is we build one system that's responsible for all of the multimedia, mm -hmm. and one system that's responsible for the lighting system, even though the control for the lighting and the media system can be done on both systems to a degree. Um, but that also means that when something's wrong with that main computer, none of the lights will go on and off. Mm -hmm. Right? And that's the one problem I have with Crestron. Now, what you can do with Crestron is you can buy multiple of these and you can put one in every room if you want. I mean, a good salesman will do that. But uh, <laughs> it's not really practical because they're very expensive. Okay. And yeah. um, most people just won't do it. I've, I've built mansions where we only used one 
Crestron brain for lighting and one for multimedia. And that was it. And as I mentioned, if something goes wrong with either one of them, the entire system goes down. Now, what you can do is you can build safety protocols in there that say when the system goes down, that uh, the lighting modules, right, uh, we call them dim packs, for example, in, in the Crestron world, they automatically turn the lights on. So when they lose connection to the machine, the lights go on that way. If you're stuck somewhere, the lights go on. But what really sucks is when that thing goes down in the middle of the night, then all your lights go on in your house. <laughs> I've seen that too. So that's the, the Crestron approach. Uh, as I mentioned, it's very expensive. Um, one big drawback is it's not only mo it's only it's not only not very modular in nature. The only way that it's kind of modular is you can see all the keypads. They all get wired into the main system. So if you rip one keypad out of the wall, it's not going to break the whole system, mm. right? But the system itself is is everything's wired into one central server, so to say. Um, and in the KNX world in Europe. It's it's quite the opposite. All the lights and all of the dimming actuators and all the switching actuators, they're all uh, just wired together in a, in a star topology. I can talk about that next show. It's not too important for today. Okay. <laughs> the, 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 the important thing is, is that the intelligence for that keypad is in that keypad. Mm -hmm. What that keypad needs to survive is inside mm -hmm. itself. The same thing with the, um, with the, the dimming actuators. Mm -hmm. All of what it needs is inside itself. Mm -hmm. you know, and so it's it, like a cell. Yeah, it, it also sounds like an esoteric kind of thing, you know. Uh, <laughs> it's inside yourself, you have all you need. And it's and it's not far <laughs> from the truth in the sense that the KNX system is built really well that way. If you buy um, components that have what they need to do the job that they need to do in the area that they're built into, then you don't need central servers. You don't mm -hmm. need centralized systems to give you all these bells and whistles. The only time I tend to like centralized um add-ons will be for things like astro timers where someone could then say um, we can take the feedback and we can run parallel to the main system and say hey we want uh the lights to turn on at 8 p.m mm -hmm. uh, or 8 a.m or whatever you know we want the, the 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 floor heating to turn on at six so by the time i'm ready to shower at seven i, I got you know i don't have cold tootsies and <laughs> all that <laughs> there you go. Um, yeah, there are a couple other systems that operate similarly. Um, you have AMX in North America. All, it's AMX is actually, it was originally uh, a guy who used to work with uh, Crestron. I believe they branched off and he did his own thing and now they're competitive. Um, you have Control 4 is the big industry leader now because it's some Chinese crap that uh, was able to be sold at a very competitive price that mm -hmm. can do pretty much everything um, AMX and Crestron can do. Um, obviously not as stable. I think that back in the day when I was doing a, a Control 4, I don't know if it's the same today, but Control 4 back then, I used to tell my customers, we're charged, you're going to pay triple for labor. Oof. Yeah, because, well, I mean, the, the, the equipment's going to be one third the price, but they're going to pay triple for labor because it's that much more difficult to create a stable mm. system from it, I found. Um, I'm sure it's come a long way. I stopped using Control 4 over 10 years ago because it was just, it was, wasn't worth it. Okay. The cool thing about Control 4 was that it was a very modular system in that you had all these touch panels that had the brains inside of them. You could put keypads on the walls and those keypads will talk to a, a central system in that area. And these areas get married together, which is kind of, you know, it's, it's, it is technically then uh, in that sense, uh, a, a modular system. Mm -hmm. But um, the problem I had with them is like, 
if 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 they're not like built in perfectly, they get a little bit of pressure from the sides will make them overheat and shut down, and the screen warps and all that stuff. They're just not robust. That that's what it really boiled down to. Maybe they've changed since uh, since I used them ten years ago. Typically, if I go to a company and they disappoint me, I don't give them a second chance for some time. <laughs> that's just the way it is. Now, Crestron and AMX, same thing. You know, they make really good quality stuff, very stable systems. Whenever you go to a high end um, um, system, whether it be you know in the university when you did your dissertation, yep. I remember you were asking me to set up all the technology um, because none of the doctors knew how to do that. And uh, yeah, and also we just um, they built a whole new department yeah, of the yeah. university, and and so. nobody was told how to use it. There's just, there's just <laughs> no. one guy named Gunther in the in the corner that has the key for it. He doesn't know how to use it either. Yeah, that was. But quite the university paid for everything. <laughs> I think right. it was on. I had my dissertation on on Monday, and we already arrived on Sunday. And I even asked him to to go into the university on Sunday to have a look before I actually oh, yeah. starting it. And oh my god, that was already one heart attack, one after another, right? <laughs> yeah. and, and so uh, what what happened there was um, I go in there, and it was a Crestron system, and uh, yeah. it was a very expensive Crestron system. I I think I, I my estimate was about 180 grand per room. Uh, in technology and installation, and it wasn't even done very well. Where all the tax money get, went. <laughs> yeah, and, and on top of that, the best part was that exactly where all the tax money goes in over here. Um, the best part, you had uh, you had um, shutters for all the windows, but nobody knew how to control them. So one of the one of the professors went out and bought like crappy IKEA curtains and put them in front of the shutters <laughs> so that they could <laughs> do it by hand when they, whenever they were too overwhelmed by the system. Right. So what I'm saying is is that large conference rooms, uh, governmental systems, specifically when we're talking about like um, um, uh, what would you call it? Like uh, it doesn't matter large conference rooms and so mm -hmm. on and so forth, it's pretty much always going to be Crestron when you go to a governmental building and so on and so forth because it's really stable. It is really expensive and it typically comes with a team of people who are experts in that area. Now, the problem hmm. with Crestron, if you want to build it into a private home, is going to be the fact that it's only one company, right? If they don't have what you need, you can't get it anywhere, right? Mm -hmm. um, and you might get lucky by being able to find a bridge that will convert this to that, maybe over IP. But it's a workaround now with the KNX system in Europe. There are like thousands of, of uh, distributors that make hardware on the KNX standard. Mm -hmm. So if you're sick of Siemens, you can go to Becca. If you're sick of Becca, you go to Gira. You can Gira, Haga, Haga, any, you know, you can just <laughs> keep going in circles and you can just keep going. Bush, Jäger, uh, all these guys, a a ABB, there are so many big companies. And all those companies I just mentioned a second ago, for the most part, most of them make their equipment in Europe mainland. Hmm. And that's a huge thing too. So uh, it means that if you want to uh, go and punch someone at the factory, you can drive there and do that. <laughs> you can't do that with with Control Four. You know, it, it's it's just not that easy. It's just too far. Yeah. Well, you just, you just <laughs> go to China and good luck, right? Um, even them, I don't even know if they have their own factory. They might now. Uh, it's probably a collection of multiple factories putting stuff together. You know, mm -hmm. they buy the displays from Ying Yang and they buy the keypads from uh, Ching Chong. Who knows? <laughs> so there we go. That was yeah. my subtle racism for the day. Um, Let's talk about some biology. Yeah. Uh, what do you want to know? Well, <laughs> what, what, what do you want to tell me? I think that like I, I was saying before with the aspect of decentralization, it's let, let, look, let's talk it actually, just let's let's look at it from more of a, um, an ecology point of view, mm -hmm. not necessarily just biology. Yeah. Um, look at what we're doing over here in Europe, right? Uh, all over the world now. We got monocultures. Yeah everywhere you know uh, i mentioned this before go uh, go to google earth go to any um, um maps program where you can get a satellite view mm -hmm. 
click anywhere at random in Europe and zoom in, you're going to hit farmland, yep. right? Most likely. If you don't hit city, you'll hit farmland. And the only places you'll see in Europe that don't have farmland will be mountain areas or protected areas that were deemed to be protected, right? Um, and you were mentioning that with the rabbits, that it's a big problem with the rabbits because they need shrubbery. You yep. know, they need these uh, these dynamic areas to be able to survive, to find food, to find shelter, to even not be incestful mm. in the sense that if you don't have rabbit burrows, at least within a reasonable range to one another, they're 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 going to get eaten by the foxes before they can meet yep. their 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 um, partners, and then they'll end up just probably you know porking their sisters in order to uh, <laughs> make do with what they got, and it's it's an unfortunate truth, but you see that in the genetic uh, information that you did called inbreeding and called inbreeding exactly, <laughs> uh, yeah. So what I'm what I mean by all of this is that you got. Um, a system now that is more and more and more becoming centralized as far as when we're talking about our food, where it comes from, right? And this centralized system is very vulgar. It um, is taking over everything. Yep. Um, there are only a couple companies, you know, uh, in North America and in Europe, it's becoming more like North America where mm -hmm. um, all the milk gets, go you know, they all go through a couple companies. There are only really a handful of grocery stores and yep. they all get their stuff from the same distributor. So if these uh, local farmers want to get their milk into the grocery store, they have to go through one of these distributors. And it's the same thing with everything now, right? And this 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 speaks truth to that, that, that idea of decentralization. If you build a system that's modular, it can always be expanded. That's that's why it's called modular. You have mm. modules that mm -hmm. you could build to expand upon. And this is how life uh, is organized, right? It's like a very... So it started with a single cell organism and then from there, more more cells kind of came together and they started sharing tasks yeah. and then become more specialized and then it grew and grew and grew. <laughs> so that's how we ended up with multicellular uh, organisms such as we are, right? Yeah. Humans are. And um, yeah, a liver cell is so specialized to its work or nerve cells, the way they, they look, they look completely different than um, most of the other cells just from their function, right? So, right. and um, you can see that in everywhere, in every living, living organism. So that module system mm -hmm. as well, um, it actually helps to really, um, yeah, grows life. But maybe going back to what you said with the ecology part, it used to be in Germany like that, that we had small farms, mm -hmm. private farms, not even private, but also small farms um, where people produced for, yeah, yep. the, their area, the region. Yep. And so they had... Maybe less land, but you know they had also their cows and their pigs and all that. And well, I think the people were also better distributed uh, amongst the land. Yeah, and yeah, yeah. this is something that I've, I've I mentioned also in the in previous episodes that where we live, a lot of people think that we're undergoing this horrible population influx. But if you actually look at the statistics, we have less people here in Brandenburg yeah. than we did back in the eighties. And the only thing the only thing that's changed is that all the people have drained out of the the country. And have piled into the only couple cities we have, which is Potsdam and, and Berlin, kind of, right? Yep. Berlin isn't actually a part of Brandenburg, but it's in the middle of Brandenburg. It's kind of like an embargoed city yep. province. And that means, and 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 it's you can't afford property in, in either or place, yep. right? So your choices are to uh, find a suburb that's affordable close by. So you have a lot of people now who are making, you know, over just like in LA and in, in every big city, um, driving over an hour to work. Yeah. Right, just because it's you, you. If you're a tradesman, good luck. You're not, you know, 
choosing to be a tradesman in, in today's society, specifically in, in, the, in the German Berlin-Brandenburg society, um, it's it's like choosing that you're never going to be able to have a house. It's choosing mm-hmm. that you're never going to be able to live close to work anymore. Mm-hmm. And and it's and it's a real problem. So this is where I you know I would say that ninety percent of my customers who who are uh, the, the top fifty or a hundred um, wealthy people in, uh, in in Germany, unfortunately. Um, I used to have a lot. Uh, I used to have a lot more customers that were more uh, middle class, and the industry has changed over the last couple of years. And um, these these wealthy class, or how how would I? I'm losing my train of thought here now. <laughs> yeah, I know. I know. I'm just thinking fun. of all these things right now that are just like. Ah. <laughs> the, the point is that most of my customers, um, they they all now switched over to the housing market. And so we're talking about customers that may have in the past built software for factories or mm-hmm. have built machines for fixing the highways, uh, German companies, German uh, families, and so on and so forth. They've all switched over to uh, the housing industry mm-hmm. because they know how brutal it is now that nobody can afford to live in the city center anymore. And yep. so so you have uh, all the Fortune 500 people in Germany jumping onto the housing market, uh, blocking that to a, de- to a large degree from, you know, from the middle class mm-hmm. and from the lower middle class who would like to be able to get up a little bit, right? Yeah. But maybe I want to, I wasn't finished. <laughs> oh, yeah, you weren't <laughs> finished? My, all right, no, all right. I wasn't keep, finished. Keep, keep <laughs> On my thought, uh, as I said, it used to be like that in Germany, really, where we had so many small farms. Yep. And then, I don't know, um, due to, um, oh, I don't know any word in English, and I don't anyways, but we had a huge um, time where huge uh, industries came and they mm-hmm. bought all these little farms, fusing all the land together. And where before we had different little farms separated through bushes and thick vegetation from each other, yep. they ripped out everything and opened it up through huge fields. And that mm. was, that is, that was, or well, is still disastrous because these open fields there are no longer um, habitat for uh, not only the rabbit but also you know like Anything little, else, really. little birds they can't um, find places anymore yeah. where they to lay their eggs and hatch their youngs and uh, like pa- um, the Repun, um, the repun, oh, the repun. It's, yeah, it's, it's an animal. <laughs> partridge, partridge, there I think. Yeah, like little birds and also other mammals and all that. So we had hatches between the different farms and now they're almost all gone, which is not only, yeah, absolutely um, disastrous for uh, for nature and biology, but also for the earth. You know, you have the storms coming, they're taking the soil, the, the um, fertile top soil off mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and... So many, so many results coming from that whole development, and that's yeah. actually one of my or our big um, tasks that we do in the foundation where I'm working right now. Where I'm the leader NGO. I don't know. It's like CEO. <laughs> she, she, she's she's the leader of uh, uh, of uh, an NGO here in Germany. Yeah, called Aurelia. Aurelia, right? And, and um, they operate mostly um, in the bee preservation. Well, the bee is kind of our central animal, but it stands as a representative for mm-hmm. everything uh, because it's a, such an important link between, you know, the, the flowers and yeah, absolutely. the food. But also if the landscape is suitable for bees, then it's also, then it's healthy, right? Yeah, they're you like have, an ecosystem uh, uh, signal 
for the most part like right? an indicator yeah okay. kind of if you have health. healthy yeah. healthy bees not only the honeybees but especially the wild bees then you can be kind of sure that also other animals are happy <laughs> in that area and yeah. also um, now that everything is so centralized with the food industry you know we as mm-hmm. as people we we are i think what i heard they try to make us believe that we are not able to um to grow our own food anymore that this is now not in our hands anymore and because of that i think yeah we we lose the connection we don't know how right. how to um operate within the seasons when to seed mm-hmm. and when to harvest and this is something that has been part of our culture for so many many years yeah. people were celebrating and they really depended on their environment and now we're so could it also say decentralized? Absolutely. <laughs> right well, we're disconnected. Disconnected, absolutely. that's the point. Disconnected from that. I think this is the major reason why we have all the problems that we have today in our society, in our ec- ecology, why the climate is going crazy, why so many species are um, d- yeah, um, d- diminishing and yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. disappearing. It really starts with us trying to reconnect to nature in a way that mm-hmm. we... You know, and if you don't have a garden, just start on the balcony and really just try to put in some seeds into <laughs> the soil and and see how it grows and how much mm-hmm. time it takes, how much energy it takes, and then this is already where you can start with this. Yep. But I think there's a there's a, maybe a purpose purposely taking taking that from us as well. Well, that I mean that then we're getting into some some darker territories yeah. in the sense that I yeah, I, I, like I, I would agree. I would say that you can feel that there are dark forces at uh, at play when it comes to uh, decision making for yeah. um, our societies globally. And it's I I, I mean a, a clear example of that is that uh, you see stupid decisions being um, orchestrated and um, um, what's the word uh, uh, executed globally. Where you know, like it's it's not going to end up well, mm-hmm. right? Uh, you had the, the the green initiatives that were uh, one some of the first jobs of the United Nation back in the day, right? And they've been partnered with Monsanto and with uh, Pfizer ever since the beginning because their idea of uh, of a of a stable global population is a population that is dependent on everybody, right? And this mm-hmm. is one of the big reasons why I think it was the fifties, um, could be yeah, uh, after World War Two, nevertheless. They started this huge incentive to um, to divide up the planets to say that you guys are gonna hmm. you guys are gonna make wheat, you guys are gonna make beans, you guys are gonna make tomatoes, you guys are gonna make pastas, and so on <laughs> yeah. and so forth. And every and all the countries are are really um, pushed and forced into these export. Um, industries, which eventually they end up not even controlling themselves. You know, a good example would be look at look at what happened to Bolivia and Peru. They had, but specifically Bolivia, they had um, all these precious metals on the top mm-hmm. of their mountains. A couple companies came in and said, "Yeah, you want us to give you money so that you can fix your problems," and they ended up just monopolizing the entire thing. Mm-hmm. And you know, from being in Mexico and in South America, South America, you were never in. Right? No, I've been in Mexico. Um, Nevertheless, there are a lot of countries out there that uh, their water is completely privatized, mm. right? Uh, and 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 ex- extremely expensive. Right now, uh, we're starting to see an influx in expenses globally, and a lot of that stuff is just bullshit. It's completely orchestrated, right? I've always thought to myself, if school if schools were really for the benefit of humanity, people would be learning yeah. how to make their own energy, 
mm-hmm. how to make their own food, yeah. how to understand themselves and their own health and their own human body, yeah. right? Uh, and, and how that relates to the energy that they produce for themselves yeah. and the foods that they eat and produce for themselves as Absolutely. well. Absolutely. So this is kind of an incentive we've been talking about uh, a lot recently. Um, we have a, a decent piece of property. Well, decent, it's like 800 square meters. So it's too small to have like goats and cows, but it's large enough for uh, little pigs and chickens and stuff like that. <laughs> exactly. So we're informing ourselves right now about um, the nature of uh, aquaponics and hydroponics, oh. uh, which it's one of these things like I love the idea of the hydroponics because you could then definitely easier get away from the grocery stores. But then all of your food's grown in plastic, which it's like, yeah, I get the plastics, the, mm. uh, what is it, poly uh, polyethylene and so on and so forth. They're food grade plastics, but at the same time, I don't know. It's it's just I, I, it's just something about it doesn't feel mm-hmm. nice, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but then you got the the whole microgreen concept as well. Um, the ability to um, run solar panels from mm-hmm. your house directly into a low voltage system to go directly to that. You mm-hmm. don't have to tie in to the main grid. I think that's a big thing for yeah. a lot of people that they don't get as well. I see a lot of our customers over here wanting to put solar panels on their roof and wanting to tie into the main grid and a battery system and all that stuff. And um, it then later on causes problems with the insurance. Well, mm. It causes problems in the sense that if your building's on fire and you haven't told the fire department nearby that you do or you don't have batteries in your oh, basement yeah. and they right. come by and they see that you have solar panels on your roof that are not declared, um, they, they have to let your building burn because uh, they don't know if there are batteries in there and they don't know how to put out the fire properly and they don't mm. know how to get to it and where it is. So uh, anyway, I'm trailing a little bit, but the point is, is that... Uh, Right now, we're definitely looking more into that life of simplicity, trying to get away from relying on um, our financial income source to mm-hmm. be able to sustain ourselves. You know, we started uh, al- already over a year ago buying our meats directly from the farms. I think where we are in Brandenburg, it's really good. We yep. can go directly um, to the to the little um, areas around us, to the, um, the 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 neighboring villages, and and buy our our, uh, our eggs and uh, most of our vegetables. You know, we go to a little farmers yep. market that exists here and only farms from the area. So there are better alternatives, but unfortunately, most of the world doesn't have, well, at least the Western world doesn't have these uh, niceties and these luxuries. I think that we're very fortunate for for that reason. But uh, at the same time, as I mentioned before. Um, the reason why I want to do it is more, it has more to do with that concept of decentralization mm-hmm. and building a modular system that mm-hmm. we can expand upon as we see fit for our own, our own demand mm-hmm. and so on and so forth. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. So, yeah. um, anything else? We're going to keep this into a small episode today. Unfortunately, Madeline has a drum circle that she would like to attend, <laughs> uh, at the top of the hour. I'm so, actually, I don't know actually if I can make anything today. <laughs> Oh my God. I'm drifting off. <laughs> I'm the one who had alcohol. You're the one that just got sun. Well, I told you it's bad. Wow. Like it, it takes, it doesn't need a lot from with me. I don't know All why. All right. All right. But yeah, I'm good. But yeah, let's, if there are further questions, we still yep. have. So we know, are live, as I said time. before. For all of you guys out there, Rockfin, Rumble, Twitch, DLive, Telegram, Podbean, if you are watching us via Rockfin and Rumble, no, Rockfin. It doesn't matter. If you're watching us via Twitch and DLive, uh, the chats are integrated and I could throw them up on screen. I think we have a question. And um, if the questions come in via Rumble or Rockfin, I will read them aloud because I have the screens in front of me. So please feel free to post a message if you are watching via Rumble or Rockfin. Mm-hmm. So, did you read it? I didn't read it. I, I read it. What did oh, you yeah. say? 
that uh, the Flamenator just learned <laughs> that a blood type is a positive. No, you have to switch it I'll back. I'll put it back on. Um, and that she sh uh, should stick to more grains, legumes, fruits, fruits and veggies because of our European ancestors having to rely on what they had to grow uh, on their resources. Mm. That also ties in. And yeah, it's true. Like um, Blood type the, eating, I, I've heard from many people, can be a very powerful way of, yeah. uh, I, I think, creating a relationship to yourself and understanding your um, your uh, physiology. Yeah, but also, as he as, um, was just written, it has a lot to do with your ancestors, how you um, grew up and, and for most of the time where your ancestors had been living, what kind mm -hmm. of food they ate and yeah. what kind of climate it was. It, um, it affected big time the the genetics as well. Yeah, it's crazy. Um, so I, as you guys can see, I look pretty disabled here. Um, <laughs> I, I messed up my uh, my collarbone, specifically the the, the AC um, uh, band. Uh, what the hell is it called in English? Dear Lord, uh, the uh, the the tendons. I, I I tore the tendon completely on the tip mm. of my shoulder, and uh, one of the tendons holding the collarbone in place. And um, it's funny, and I I also kind of bang my my have a. <laughs> it's not funny. I have a hairline no. fracture in my foot, so I got this thing on my foot holding it in place. It was a biking accident, you know. What I mean, like. There are better I, ways to go. I, I mean, why? So there are worse ways to go. <laughs> I, think I, I would much rather, you know, be on my be on my mountain bike and and you know go like that I than uh, be sitting in the office and all of a sudden have I a just, heart attack or something. I just stupid. told our neighbor yesterday about your accident. She's like, "Is is how old is he?" <laughs> <laughs> it seems like every year there's something. Right? And also, just like at one age, you should just stop doing these kind of things. That's it's what she that. said. That's not, that's not fun. I, I, I know. I, in the last 10 years, I've, I've broken a few ribs. Uh, um, it's not that bad, actually. You know, I think I've done worse before. So. You, you have so many accidents my... in one year that I haven't had in my whole life. <laughs> ah, <laughs> means that I'm living. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> that's the way I'd like to see it, and that's how I stick oh, to okay. it. So what I want to say was is that my recuperation has been a lot of, um, you know, trying to sleep, which is difficult when you're not moving a lot throughout the day, for me anyway. Um, but in the same sense, uh, you know, sitting down and eating, which again, if I'm not moving a lot, my, my hunger, my appetite isn't mm. quite there. Um, and I can't believe how much dairy I've been consuming actually yeah. over the last, uh, month. And I didn't even think about it. You know, these are just, just, I think that, uh, for myself, whenever I get, um, whenever my lifestyle changes, I, my, my, my eating habits always immediately follow. Yeah. And, uh, one of the big things for me is, like I said, uh, this time around, I just like went crazy with dairy. And whiskey. But uh, the point is, is that uh, when I was younger, when I was growing up in Canada, um, I got off of dairy. Mm -hmm. For about 10 years, I stayed away from it. And that was just because of the fact that in Canada, the dairy industry is just a disaster, mm -hmm. right? Um, full of hormones, just mm -hmm. pumped with hormones. Oh. Uh, bacteria count, just tons of garbage, tons of crap, you know. Um, mad cow and swine flu, you know, the epidemic pretty much started in Toronto. It was one of the high places. And I've seen the slaughterhouses there. It's not like here, right? It's very kind here. <laughs> you know? um, my uh, my old roommate in, uh, in in from Berlin, he's a veterinarian, mm -hmm. and he told me that when he signed up for an exchange student uh, program with the U.S., it was uh, somewhere in the Bible Belt, which was funny because he's homosexual, and uh, yeah, he couldn't believe like they they still had signs there. It's like no homos, no no queers, and no blacks allowed, and and he was like, you got, what? This is still legal. Like, this is my property. I do what I want with it. So he had to act very hetero while he was there in order to get along <laughs> with the with the locals. And um, he was working on a farm. And his job, his first job they gave him was to create an incision at the back of Aww. all the ears of the cows mm. and insert a pill. 
Mm. behind the ears. And the reason is, is because the cartilage in the skin there, it takes a long time for the hormones to break down and and distribute into the body, Mm -hmm. which makes it efficient from the point of view of um, a farmer who wants to put hormones into the bodies of the cow because it then gets released slowly into the system. Mm. And he looked at them and said, you you can't be kidding me. You you don't want me to do this. And they're like, yeah, cow grows three times faster. And, uh, And then he looks at him, he's like, Maybe there's a reason why cows grow a certain at a certain rate, you yeah. know? Don't mess with nature. Yeah, but you know what? No. They want to create veal. So veal? veal is a young cow. Oh, yeah. And they want to be able to sell it. They want that cow to reach its full maturity before they slaughter it. And that's yep. uh, and that's the unfortunate nature with a lot of these things. When I come to, and so when I, in Europe, I find it funny because people over here, they, Germans love to complain. It's a big thing. It's, it's a pastime. It's one of their favorite pastimes. It's just <laughs> finding something and just talking shit about it. They love it. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> right? And, and, and it's funny because I don't think they really have any idea how great they have it here as far as the, the, industries that they put into place mm-hmm. specifically around agriculture and um you know whether it be with the um, the quality of the food and uh, the yeah. care of animals it has been under an immense attack over the last 10 years and i've seen a lot of stuff come into the german system that was previously forbidden you know now you can actually go to the the superstore or the supermarket whatever they have here um and uh buy meat at the at the deli counter and it comes from a different country and no, there's no warning on it anymore. Yep. You know, this is something new. The people have no idea how U.S. beef is made. And they're going to the deli counter and they're buying it at a competitive price with German meat. And they're thinking that there's no difference. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I think right? um, there's also a lot of change happening right now. People realizing that. Well, there's a movement towards the change. Uh, mm. And as yuppie as it is, um, it's still a good thing that it's happening. It's the unfortunate truth is that like what I'm talking about right now is not at the forefront of it. Um, and it really should be. I think that uh, the uh, the the positive aspects of, of the systems over here should be taken not lightly. And the mm-hmm. farmers are undergoing so many different, uh, you know, changes right now because of the, the new CO2 emissions and all that fucking garbage. Uh, in the sense that uh, the idea of actually being able to have a, a, a little house on the prairie with, with cattle is becoming so difficult over here. Mm-hmm. You know, you can't just buy a piece of land that was previously used as farming and use it for another purpose without the government stepping on your feet and getting up in your business. Yeah. So, and that's an unfortunate thing, which, you know, makes me want to think, uh, you know, should we be looking into another future in another country? It's hard to say because as I mentioned before, it's really nice to know that at least the the structure that we have right now still offers good quality foods, good quality meats, good quality vegetables. You can still get them. Right, but it's it, with every passing year, it's becoming more and more difficult, which is one of the reasons why we'd like to decentralize. <laughs> <laughs> so that was my rant for the day. Anything yeah. else that you want to say before we cut loose? No, I'm good. You're good. Yeah. 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 Maybe uh, as always, you know, I try to <laughs> um, make you guys more sensitive for the wonder that you are actually. Um, just if you just realize that how many billion cells you are made of and how they all work together for you to f- <laughs> Sorry, for functioning. <laughs> I'm just joking. You are barely functional today. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm still sitting here, so yeah, it's not yeah, that yeah. She bad. showed she showed up, and uh, she's still in good order, I guess. <laughs> yeah. But I still every day I'm amazed how my body is, you know, working, how it shows me what I need, and right. uh, how how to really sense my environment and taking time to just be grateful for that and considering what a wonder 
we are all are and also i know yeah. it sounds a little cheesy but <laughs> i think that really um makes me very happy and Absolutely. yeah i think we we tend to forget that in our everyday struggles yeah i, I think yeah. that um I, I was listening to uh, freeman fly recently uh, i'm an avid listener um and supporter of his show freeman tv mm-hmm. go check it out yep. uh, freemantv.com and uh, he's also actually on rockfin for all you guys out there uh, freeman fly i don't know if it's called freeman or freeman fly on rockfin but Type in Freeman, you'll find him. And um, he he used to travel a lot around the U.S. willingly, you know. And he said that there's a difference between being, uh, um, what's the word that he uses now? Thank you. Um, not having a home, so home free or homeless. And that just starts with your perception, right? Yep. And so um, he would always say that while he was traveling the country, whether it be in his van or by backpack or whatnot, he would run into tough times, as we all do. And he would ask himself in that moment, whenever he was having a tough time, okay, is there is there an immediate danger? Do you have are, are are you starving? Are yeah. you are, are you thirsty? Are you okay? And in that moment, he said that like ninety nine percent of the times, it, the answer was yes. And it's very easy to get distracted and worry about the future and worry about all the different problems that could be. Yeah. Right uh, and 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 take problems from the problems from the past and reinvite them into the present and project them into the future. But in all honesty, I think that most of the time, when you really look around you and you just sit there and you think to yourself, on, from a biological level, yeah. am I in danger? Am I okay? <laughs> the answer is yes. Yeah. And and not acknowledging that actually um, disrupts that. Yeah. Social something. Maybe you guys probably heard about him if you are a little bit more in spirituality. Um, Eckhart Tolle, he says exactly the same thing. In that very moment, ask yourself, does anything you have does to Eckhart worry... Does Eckhart Tolle do anything in English? Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Absolutely. Most oh, yeah. of his stuff is in English. I didn't know that. So, you know, I really <laughs> recommend that. And he says that exactly. Is there anything in that moment that, you know, is 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 that really makes... Is it immediate you, danger? Yeah, is it or immediate threats? danger? Yeah. And and he said, in ninety nine percent, it's no. Yeah. No, our cat comes and she's hungry, so oh, okay. good timing. There now. you go. It's good timing. Time to go. <laughs> All right, everybody. This has been another episode of yeah. Smart Home Stupid People. If you have any questions, I want to lie down. Maybe she has a question. <laughs> exactly. If you have any questions to post, now's the time because we are going to cut loose and yeah. we are going to have a nice uh, rest of our weekend. Yeah. See you guys uh, next Wednesday. Wednesday at 8. Actually, you know yeah. what? We're thinking about moving the Wednesday over because uh, it's uh, it's just not it's not working out. I don't know. Like it, we're, There are tons of people chiming in and watching live right now on Sunday. Wednesday, no one tends to be there. I think it's a difficult time. So if any of you guys out there have any suggestions for when we should put our second show up, yeah. when we should yeah. stream live, just, we unfortunately not. live in the Central European time zone, so it becomes a little bit difficult to make it an evening show for all of you uh, North American listeners out there. So okay. keep that in mind. Um, have a wonderful week. Uh, have a wonderful evening. This has been another great episode of Smart Home Stupid People. Until next time, keep well. Bye bye. Bye bye. <laughs>